welcome to discussions of music, healing, and consciousness with your hosts, Chris Noble and Bill Prosman. In today's episode, we're talking about why you should join a band, or in other words, why you should play music with other humans. There are so many benefits to playing music with other people. There is the camaraderie, of course. There's also, of course, just the pure fun, the inner child play and bliss that you experience when you play music. There's so many health benefits to playing music with other people. It brings communities together. It relieves stress, anxiety, and it once again brings a positive and joyful emotion to the experience shared with everyone else. We'll be sharing our personal experiences and talking about lots of other things, as always, in these open conversations here on discussions of music, healing, and consciousness. Three, two, one, go. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> Let's get her going. Well, we're recording this on December 27th, although I know this will be playing in the new year. And uh, for me, this was my first Christmas away from my family. Yeah. And that was that was a really, it's been a really interesting experience because, of course, on one hand, the obvious emotions are I miss being back home. I miss being with my family. And one of the big reasons why is because we play a whole bunch of music over the uh, the Christmas holidays or the like the 25th or the 24th and the 25th primarily a lot of jams a lot of music a lot of singing and just good times and we've developed this tradition more and more as as we've gotten older and I've loved it uh and so I, I was missing that a lot this this winter yeah. and I was like okay well you know uh I'm just grateful to have any sort of anything happen and I had a really nice dinner with a friend on the 24th but then the 25th, I was invited to a party a little more impromptu, kind of last minute. And I went, and it just so happened that there was a bunch of musicians. And Oh, perfect. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, the host is like, oh, like I just hear music coming out, uh, coming from the other room. And he's already starting to jam on the drum and starts singing. And I'm like, oh, okay, these are like musicians, musicians. Like these are, and I look around the house and there's just instruments everywhere. These, like, these are real it's an artist house. You can just start to get that sense. I didn't know anyone there at all. So I had no idea what I was getting into. And uh, as more people arrived at the party, they're all just musicians basically or other artists. Yeah. And so we ended up getting into these uh, many hour long jams, swapping instruments, playing everyone, just playing different instruments, singing along, improvising or singing cover songs. Some played some originals too. What instruments did you have? I mean, obviously, um, drum. So we had uh, we had a djembe drum. Uh, we had this uh, really interesting slide didgeridoo. And, oh, cool! <laughs> oh my god! So the the host he he's a bass player, multi instrumentalist, but bass is one of his main instruments. And he was touring with an Australian band at one point, and they had this didgeridoo. But they were that one of their signatures in the band was that the didgeridoo would change notes. And for listeners, if they're not familiar, the didgeridoo is like it's a drone instrument. It's basically and I, I and Bill, you might know more about the actual specifics here, but it's it just really plays one note primarily. There's a lot of harmonics, yep. but it's just one note, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a drone, so you can't change it. With this guy's didgeridoo, because it could change, he could change the shape and size of it, making it shorter or longer. It would change tone and like you get a cool beat going, and then you get this kind of like it sounds almost like a dubstep song. Yeah had a baby with some tribal shamanic dance music or something. 
And uh, so, it, you know, that was another instrument. And then, you know, really beautiful Les Paul guitar and uh, a nice. nice acoustic bass and some other percussion. I had my melodica, which. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice sort of accordion harmonica sound. And that's about it. And then we just saw a lot of people were singing, had a lot of people singing along. And the rest was just, you know, just jamming all night. And I hadn't had a jam like that since before the pandemic. You know, I haven't I haven't played with a, a group of musicians for in that kind of way since, you know, two years ago, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. Needed it. <laughs> Need, yeah, I know. It's it's so great when that happens. I know. That was my Christmas. That was the Christmas gift. Uh, Definitely. I really, I couldn't have uh, thought of anything better than that. So, yeah, that was really, really fun. And uh, just a reminder of how important simple things like getting together with friends and, and playing music yeah. or sharing your, your favorite art forms, right? Yeah. Very uh, good for the soul. Good for the Definitely soul. good for the soul. That's That works so well on so many levels. And the fact that it's around such a I want to say emotionally charged, so I'm going to, I'll just go ahead and say that, but you know, holidays have, there's a lot of emotions mm -hmm. swirling around holiday mm -hmm. for whatever reason, doesn't matter, but to be able to have an outlet for that, that's musical. What a, what a gift. Right. And it, you know, it taught me the, the magic of, um, of music because in this, in this situation, I'm, I'm meeting all these people for the first time and all of a sudden, by the end of the night, I mean, I feel like we're, we're all like best friends at this point. We've all been right. jamming together, <laughs> having really, really great conversation. Uh, these are also just very like people that are, you know, pretty, pretty aware, open minded, higher, you know, consciousness, spiritual people, too. So they're very, you know, uh, you can have really deep conversation just when you're meeting these people. Yeah, just so, right off the bat, you know, right off talk the bat. About yeah talk about the the juicy good awesome stuff so it was just a great night and and with the music being this perfect uh magical sort of um tie it, it sort of bonded everyone you could feel this energetic bond that music creates with the with the group of the people involved and and i mean everyone there was um you know other family of the hosts that were there and they were just sitting on the couch absorbing all the music big smiles on their faces with yeah. maybe a beer or a glass of wine and some cookies or whatever and all snuggled up but there's a fireplace too and everyone was just whether they're participating or just listening it was such a wholesome Oh, it's just such an awesome experience. Just felt I still can feel the uh, the the high, the uh, afterglow from it. Thank you, music. I, <laughs> seriously, yeah, isn't that amazing? I mean, I love experiences like that, even if it's something as banal as like a rehearsal. The band's getting together. Yeah, you know, um, even when you know everybody, you still find new stuff that you didn't know before. That not I, know is a re a really sort of limiting way of saying it, but you your acquaintance deepens you know with every rehearsal and it becomes very very um present to be in the space with other people who are making that kind of stuff happen very in the moment and and what a beautiful thing I mean, we should let other people in on this right <laughs> open it's it's musicians do this it's just part of the practice at least if you play with other people and it's such an amazing thing if everybody in the world could do that i I can see things like DEI just dissolving. Oh yeah. You know, if you could apply a drum circle wherever there's a some sort of diversity issue, all that stuff just goes away. It just disappears. Mm. 
And, and, and it reminded me too of how much I missed being among peers of with and, and in person. Like I'm so grateful for our conversations because it's so nice to talk to another musician of like-mindedness, but to be in a physical space playing music with other musicians, what I, what I also forgot I missed is that you're, you, you speak the same language and yeah. as much as everyone is musical, just like with any other profession, you're going to bond, have a particular bond with other people in your field, right? And yeah. uh, your peers. And it's so important to have, to have that. And that's something I also understood that, I, oh, wow, you know, I really, I did miss that because obviously I, I moved from my hometown and I'm now I'm in a new city. And, uh, and also there's, you know, a lot of other things happen in the planet that's making uh, socializing and other things more, you know, just a little trickier. So it's understandable why it's been so long, but uh, having now experienced it, I think it's, I think I could say for anyone out there who you don't have to be a musician to relate to this. It's just among, it's being among peers. I think that's yeah. really important. I, um, I was thinking as you're talking about my family at Christmas growing up, and I remember there were always a, some sort of Christmas thing that was organized. Um, and once in a great while, they asked me to play for that, to like make the piano music so people could sing. Mm. But I was thinking about the peers that we hung out with. So most of the time, the peers that our family hung out with were dad's peers. So it was all engineers. And we were in Northern California before Silicon Valley was a thing. There was Stanford Research Institute. So there were some guys who worked there. These were like PhD, you know, engineering, mm. chemical, physics, whatever, those kind of guys. And um, that must have been really satisfying, you know, if it had to, dad to hang out with those folks. On the other hand, we never had jams like growing up. There was some organized stuff, like in school, you'd do the Christmas program or whatever it was. And eventually we got into band and stuff like that, but we weren't hanging out on our free time with kids from the band. That didn't happen for me until high school when I actually had a band together that was fun to hang out with, right? But all the rest of that time, it's like, wow, man, what did I miss? <laughs> you know, I could have been doing this. And, and maybe part of the brilliance of things like the Suzuki program, where they all get together and play violins, like hundreds of violins playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star at the same time, that must be so satisfying for little kids, yeah. you know, who are barely just able to play the thing. But to know that they're in this giant peer group of people who are sharing that music with them. And it's not Christmas music, but it is a peer group. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't get that until a lot later in life. I mean, high school, it was, it wasn't the same thing playing in an orchestra that, you know, the high school orchestra isn't quite the same as when you put a garage band together and, and really get to know people yeah. and start to improvise, you know, get out the music. Mm -hmm. So that, that's a, that's a really curious thing to me. And I'm wondering, you know, how life could change on the other hand, around our place, there's Christmas music here, I don't know, from July. <laughs> we have infinite Christmas lists. And it, does, it all changes around uh, the month of Christmas or maybe the month before. And we start streaming front to back all the Harry Potter movies. Like oh, it, so there's, <laughs> you know, just this litany of Christmas stuff that we go through. There's probably 30 Christmas movies that we watch in the two months before Christmas. And and there's some really good ones out there and there's oh, some really you know, lousy ones and no, okay. No offense, Hallmark, if you're listening to me, because I just don't <laughs> watch any of your stuff, <laughs> the Christmas Prince, the Christmas princess, the Christmas family, the Christmas. It's like, come on guys. It all sells great, but it, it sells very well, actually, you know, yeah. 
So yeah. I, I, under, I get it. I totally get it. But I want something that's a little bit more substantial. Yes, agreed. Right? <laughs> so uh, we're right now we're in the middle of, uh, I think it's jazz trio Christmas stuff. So yes. piano, bass, drums, just kind of playing, just infinite playlists through Spotify. But the whole thing of getting people together for us was a little bit different this year because we usually do have everybody together. Mm. And this year, we kind of have them in sections. So we did one chunk of family, you know, two days before Christmas, the next chunk right. on Christmas. Then we had another chunk yesterday. And then, you know, it's, it's just like it's staged throughout, I don't know, a couple of weeks. Right, right. But we've never really been a big musical jam family, which is curious to me. It's like, why not? There was a time uh, we all we have djembe's. Everybody in the family has a djembe here. So uh, there was a time we were doing drum circles, and that was fun as a family. Mm, very cool. But um, you know, teenagers have an attention span that's only about <laughs> <laughs> about bam. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, you know, it's you know. funny. I, I can, in a sense, Bill, just relate a bit on that because when I was younger, I remember I was less. L- I wanted to. I wanted to form jam groups. I wanted to, uh, and, and especially in high school, I was. I was. I was absolutely adamant about starting a band because yeah. I really wanted that experience. It took a while for me to start to rope. I just roped in all my friends who weren't even musicians. I was just like, just learn, <laughs> just figure it There's out. It's a I trombone. Need, figure it out. <laughs> just take it. Just anything. Whatever. Just I hit something. I, I need to play music with people. You have no idea. This desire now is at a point where it's like it's just burning. And uh, so I, I was trying to incorporate that, but it's, I really like the amount that I jam now is so different than when I started, you know, my life as well. Very similar to you. There wasn't a lot of that kind of music and jams jam yeah. in my childhood either. And I think it was from the absence of that and, and learning how much fun it is and how easy and good time it is for anybody at this point. I now just make it uh, always incorporated into my life as much as possible, but it wasn't like that in the beginning. You know, it took, that took time to evolve. When I was a teenager, I remember what at my family Christmases being so disinterested <laughs> in any participation at all. And all I was aiming for was just to escape with my cousin of the same age and talk about whatever we were talking about. Right. Yeah. And, and, and in a sense, as a teenager, all I wanted was to be among my peers, other teenagers, not, not be with the adults in those times. And I remember yep. there was even the potential for jams, I think, or at least some carols. And I was like, uh, carols. So, you know, I, there's a, there's, that's just, you know, also just being at that age. Yeah. I can remember. Yep. Yep. And so it's, it's funny how it's changed. It's really shifted from my childhood to, to now. It's kind of interesting. That's I, I know there's a function of just like growing up, getting older, whatever, and interest changing. And I often wonder, because at least the literature that's out there on this kind of stuff is you're pretty much done by three. Like your parental influence is finished when you hit three years old plus one, right? Wow. That average, but generally speaking, and it's like, wow. So, so what do we do, right? As parents, you'll answer this question one day. But if you've identified something that's really cool for your kid, um, how do you best nourish that? And you know, I, I didn't feel like music was very cool until I was in fifth grade, and it was a total chore before that. It was actually a chore after that too, but something changed, and so I was able to enjoy it, which was easy for my parents to nurture because you know we had the piano there, um, and they also were sort of able to push me into some things. But they didn't push me into groups. That came about organically, mm. you know, and mostly through the teenage hang thing. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you know, all of us play these instruments. Let's form a band. What kind of band shall we form? Well, let's see. We've got a tuba player. What the hell is a tuba player doing? <laughs> right? But, you know, oh, a clarinet player? Pretty soon we had a Dixie then band. And so, yeah, yeah and, and it was because it was so novel. But um, nurturing that, I'm thinking about that. If I had kids, you know, that I was teaching as a teacher, I don't know where I would exactly take them. I mean, there's so much out there now. You've got YouTube that yeah. you can basically learn anything. Yeah. Except maybe the oboe. I haven't looked for oboe. <laughs> are there YouTube oboe videos? Oh, you better believe there are. There's got to be, right? There's probably there sackbutt videos and, and loot. I guarantee and, you. Yeah. You know, you name it, it's there. So, how, I mean, how do you nurture that? And, and, you know, after you get through that and you finally establish yourself, it's pretty easy to pull a gig together or pull a rehearsal together. You know, if you want to play for free, you can play almost anywhere. And if you want to get other people to do that. So it, it becomes easier. And, and I think at least in this era, a lot easier than it used to be. Definitely. You know, find people who want to play. I mean, good heavens, there must be meetup groups. There literally are. I even have a friend back in uh, Toronto who joined a rock band meetup group. And what they it literally is, is the same idea of organized sports. When you join a sports league, they'll put you into different teams instead nice. of swap team with band. Basically, yeah. and then yeah. they and then they set like I have a whole list of cover songs that they're going to learn, and then in that pro and then you get sorted by skill. So of course, um, it's all like evened out in a sense, and it's it, yeah. there's they're more balanced uh, groups, and so and then you learn through that, and you learn through of course being in a band, which is which is really fun. So that stuff exists clearly. And my, it's a, it's a professional like kind of business that that runs that kind of thing. And and I have another friend who owns and operates a music school called Yellow Dog Music School, and it's essentially like School of Rock, like yeah. that exact that that kind of style. And the whole point is all the students that uh, have one on one lessons there also form different bands, and then they have talent shows for everyone in the school that are all in these different bands. And I, I remember f- uh, filming one for her once and. Just the just to see all these kids of a real range of ages. Some of the, there are some teenagers like sixteen year old playing with this nine year old bassist. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. bassist is so good though, right? He's just that much more advanced. So he was playing with the the older guys, and they all loved it. And it was you yeah. just see the bond that they're forming, the insane amount of fun that they're having. Uh, I was like, that is just such a healthy, great thing to see. I'm glad that exists. You know, definitely. Yeah. I'd- we should spread that out. I mean, I know from LinkedIn and other places that there are pickup bands that happen, like within corporations. Uh, people know each other and they know they play, so they get together and there's a band afterwards. There's a, um, I think there's a LinkedIn group called CEOs Who Rock or something like that. <laughs> and That's it might be out of Manhattan, don't quote me on that. But yeah, so there, there's people who are doing music and it's much more of a, it's much more of an integrated thing. I, I listened to a podcast, uh, my wife's taking French, and Duolingo has a whole podcast series. So you can listen to podcasts in the language that you're trying to learn. And uh, the story we heard was about this guy who's an engineer, a nuclear engineer uh, in France, but he had to keep his identity separate from what he loved to do. And what he loved to do was clowning. <laughs> he has two gigs. So he's, a, wow. he's a, and he needs them both. He needs the engineering gig. And this mm-hmm. speaks so much to me, you know, having a bifurcated life with IT and music. Mm. So he needed the engineering gig and he needed the clowning gig because they both gave him something that he couldn't get any other way. Mm. And then one day somebody recognized him as a clown. Oh. It's like, oh my gosh. So he's learning now how to integrate the two. But 
the point here is if you are in an organization where there's a lot of people and you do have some musical ability within the organization, which most do, um, why not use that? Why not leverage that around you know issues like diversity, which is a big one right now? Nothing you know, better than being in a rock band or a musical band to just throw all preconceived notions is out the window and just be like, can, can you play? Like, can do yeah. we play? Do we sound good together? I don't give a <laughs> crap what you look like. I don't care where you're from. I don't even care if we don't speak the same language. Yeah. You know, like, can we play music together? Yeah. And that's all that matters. You just come together through, through that. It's a great way to break down barriers and stuff. That's Wish I could remember the name of this crew. They're in Ukraine, I think. Mm. But they are hitting um, Chicago covers and they are hitting, I think Tower of Power is in their book. Mm. And th these, these are arrangements that have been meticulously, note by note, taken down from the recordings. And this band sounds better than Chicago, <laughs> even though none of them actually speak English as a first language, right? That's amazing. And I'm like, yes, so that's some good music, right? Wow. But can you imagine taking the whole like IT department? <laughs> And, you know, making them all drum once a week or something like that. They get so much more work done. <laughs> really? I, I mean, I, I know that they would, but. I think so. I mean, you've got to have like a CEO that gets it. Or somebody who's running the organization that gets, like running your team and says, no way, you know, go away, C-level person. I know what I'm doing. I'm taking this group on a drum trip. Yep. And, and here we go. And, um, and, and just getting there, right? I, I don't know how it's been for you, but uh, at least in the world of business that I used to inhabit, the IT world, there are so many different races represented there, so many different cultures, so many different nationalities. And everybody speaks computer and everybody doesn't speak English, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but they're all able to do amazing things because of the common language that they share. Why not take that concept, you know, and spread it out? around something as easy as playing the djembe and it's not hard people no you know you don't have to you know know anything at all <laughs> no you really don't <laughs> you're right anyway, so, well i'm not a musician it's like yeah ne neither is anyone else <laughs> yes that's going to be playing mine is maybe perhaps the the leader of course exactly right? so this is only yeah. for people who are not musicians yeah <laughs> right any we're, musicians are going to be discriminatory that, yeah if there's any other musicians you can leave <laughs> yeah or, or form your own group man yeah. <laughs> we don't need your your snobby you know ultra elitist music get out of here <laughs> and i've uh, met people like that too no and no disparaging remarks here but you know your music is who you are and if you're that way whatever that way is fill in the blank right on that whatever that is for you you know awesome the world needs you yeah, you, you were talking about playing the melodica. One of my favorite melodica players is uh, Casey Abrams, mm. whose first instrument is not the melodica, right? That cat can sing anything and play the upright bass or whatever, and and oh, he's cool. amazing. And he also plays the melodica, right? You never would have known that, but if there was a melodica jam band someplace, you know, he'd be there, right? If he found out about it, and and they're just like that, right? You never know your CEOs can can play amazing riffs on the guitar, right? Right. But why not? I mean, it's not a talent show thing. It's a connector thing. It, it is because when I would see that and I would, or I'd hear someone, um, I, this is also back in my more corporate days with video production. I would uh, have many, many interactions with people in the corporate world, different types of businesses. But anytime I would find 
we would get onto the topic of, of, of the arts or anything like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know I got a guitar at home. And I'm like, oh, good to you. And then you start talking about that. And immediately the business conversation gets amplified like 10,000 times because you've now bonded over music or yeah. that, an art form that, you, that you're like, oh, okay, okay. And you, you do, it's a connecting piece, even if you're not playing music together, just talking about it. You yeah. you really do form a, a deeper bond. It's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm a big advocate of um, starting with music. You know, I'll, I'll often say when I've met somebody for the first time. Well, not often, because a lot of the networking calls, it's just not. I mean, nobody wants to go there. But my favorite thing to start a one to one with is so. What's the song on your heart? Mm. You know, and that produces a whole different conversation. If you say, well, so you know what, <laughs> what do you do for a living? Right. I know. Right. Like we connect on anything else. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm, I'm interested in the fact that you, you know, or this or that or whatever, you're selling your fifth company, but yeah, you know, but let's also connect as humans and as, you know, yeah. Beings of music, we're all musical. So it's a great way to, to start something off. I mean, and, and, and I think it's, it's just something that I could see being, honestly, you could create an incredible business out of it, but the business would be such a positive affecting thing, which would be, you could call it like a, um, you know, a team building, uh, instant, you know, a team building consistent weekly thing. Like you said, once a week having a drum circle or once a week having a, a band rehearsal, it's the same thing as having an intramural sports league in your, in your company In every, lots of companies all have like whatever, like especially fantasy football or other things like that. Yeah. Why can't you have this other outlet? That's a really right, also a right brain, activating uh, sort of thing too and all the other healing elements of music on top of that plus the camaraderie the bonding all and then the productivity that will come out of that because everyone is going to be that much more connected because they've connected through music i'm sure if you took this idea and anyone listening you're welcome but also remember this because we d we get a credit of some of this <laughs> you could you could totally make this into an incredible business because you could start to once you start to get stats and analysis on how productivity would increase and you could easily get that boom that that then you start pitching all the major corporations and you just you could make it insane killing it <laughs> creating <laughs> band therapy or something you know? yeah exactly yeah Wow. I hate the word therapy, but I know what you mean. You know, I'm just using it as an example, like band yeah. and, and band, like band. Um, it's, like, it's like a band activity that results in much higher productivity and higher earnings for your business. You know, <laughs> the name for it is band geeks. There it is. <laughs> yep. Inc. Yeah, band yeah. geeks incorporated. Yeah. Band geeks incorporated. Nice. <laughs> right. All right. You're welcome. <laughs> listening audience. Exactly. There's <laughs> another million dollar idea or billion dollar idea. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Because part of what you just described is the music care business plan. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Oh, then it's definitely. I it's mean, definitely worthwhile. A thousand percent it is. Yeah, we're a bit more focused on consciousness, but, you know, that comes too. Well, it's it's all connected, is it not, right? Totally, yeah. It's totally. I mean, just by having a band uh, geek session or, or whatever uh, with your, with your fellow colleagues, it's gonna, it, it raises human consciousness. Absolutely. Because it's such a, of course, spiritual practice in of itself. Um, in the early two yeah. thousands, uh, I think an outfit called Semper Sound got started and, or music core, it's music, music core, I think is what it's called out of Washington DC. And they basically did the school of rock for blown up 
military veterans. Oh, wow. So whatever your abilities were, they slotted you in and they had a couple of touring bands that actually went out there and played some pretty big, they played Carnegie Hall, stuff like that. Mm. And uh, what a healing thing. And because they could tie it into post-traumatic stress, it was easy to get funding for that, right? Mm. So there, that kind of model has really spread out. And um, I think Semper Sound is the one that's out here. There's a music therapy association out here that, that does a band like that for guys that are men and women who are either veterans or have been sort of not separated from service, but who aren't doing what they came to do because of some injury or another. So they can participate in this thing too. And it's been really successful. I mean, in addition to all the goodness that comes from playing in a band like that, mm -hmm. that you and I've been talking about, mm -hmm. there's also some awareness that comes from that too, because when you, when you see that kind of program, you go, Oh my gosh, you know, if they're traumatized, maybe that could work for me too. Right. And so it kind of drives, you know, awareness of how powerful music can be in the face of really difficult circumstances. It's that ripple effect. Uh, it, yes. Uh, a yes. vibrational pebble dropped in the pond analogy just yeah. ripples out. And it's it's all kinds of stuff like that. It's a, it's it's this, it sounds like the most simple things. I mean, it, and I truly believe that the whole everything that we're facing in the world that is a, is a challenge and something that people are, are freaking out about. I, I guarantee you the solutions can all be found in the most simple things and, and really at the core of it all just being uh, healing ourselves, doing things that are ultimately like extremely beneficial and healing for ourselves first and foremost. Yes. And then just doing things that allow us that deep bond and connection with everyone, no matter what your <laughs> viewpoints, no matter what your, what walk of life you come from, you sit down and you play music with others. Wow. It, it just, it truly does break down every barrier. And you're just like, what's your name again? I don't remember, but you're awesome. And I love you. <laughs> right. Right. And, and you'll never that forget. That solo was awesome, man. That, that was solo amazing. was awesome, right? I love it's that like, bass like you just did. In the, oh, that was so juicy. And just feel that like, wow, I, I don't even get your name, but you're the coolest person ever. <laughs> right. You know, like meeting people in that kind of way. Like how, what, what, how, how do you not have a deep connection after that? Exactly. And, and what gifts are out there? I mean, like you said, the, the nine-year-old kid, but thanks to the internet, we now know about all these little prodigies that we oh haven't known about otherwise. Yeah. We're doing amazing thing. There's that kid that plays Mozart with like six fingers total. <laughs> and and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, and just oh, the incredible stuff that's out there. Uh, some of the little kids that we, one of our, two of our kids, I think were at school of rock for a while. And uh, some of these little kids would get up and solo and it was like, whoa, how did you learn to do that? Right. Right. And, and they do. And, and not only that, but you know, that's just one aspect of who they are because they're these amazing kids. Right. So you know? multifaceted. Totally. And it isn't like when I was in school, there was like, you know, an amazing guitar player, but that's all this guy did. He did yeah. nothing except play the guitar. Yeah. Like 24 seven when he was not asleep, he was playing the guitar. Mm -hmm. And I get that. That makes sense to me. But I mean, a nine-year-old kid that's able to solo like that and you know, plays soccer and yeah, it's not you know, their main thing. It's either, like, he's got right? all this stuff going on. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, Oh yeah. And they're usually guitar. really, really good at the other stuff. Yeah. And they're too. really good at everything. Right. Yeah, so they have to decide, yeah. well, am I going to, you know, it's not like batting left-handed, right-handed. It's like, well, I'm going to play. And does this sound familiar? Football, basketball, or baseball, which one shall I choose? Mm. You know, lettering in all of them in high school. And he's got 
scouts looking out. So what do you do? You know, <laughs> you can only choose one team. I'm too good. Damn I'm it. Too good for any one team. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of, I think, I think the generation coming in is just so they're just geniuses, you know, like I, I really Actually, I hope so. We could use one. Well, I, I, I truly believe it. You know, I, I, I think there's a different, uh, this is totally, uh, other t- kind of topic, but I've, I've read a lot in the ancient texts about, um, cycles of consciousness and yes. we are on an upsurge of a cycle of consciousness. The Mayans have known about this for thousands of years and it correlates right on track with all these other ancient cultures independent of one another. So they all are talking about the same thing. And We've just exited 2012 was kind of the uh, bottom of that yep. cycle. And now we're on the upswing and, and we are waking up again and we are discovering our, <laughs> our sort of place in the universe again and our, and our place with each other and our connection and all this kind of stuff. And I, I see it res, uh, reflected in the kids of today where mm-hmm. they're just so wise <laughs> and, uh, and, and just, they really do seem to have a different level of consciousness like in this, in this world. And, and I, I feel very confident and excited for the future. Anytime I hang out with, with my nieces or any, any of the new generation, I, I get really excited actually, because I think they're brilliant to be honest, just brilliant. I hope so. This, the, the change like from 2012 forward, that change is messy. Oh, it's like growth hurts. We got to undo yeah. all the stuff, yeah. and then we got to find new ways, and then put those into processes, and you know, over a couple of generations or whatever. Oh, we're still going through the, there. the growing pains for sure. The growing pains are yeah, and I've heard people describe that several different ways, and I think I'm going to go with I feel fortunate to be involved in that, mm. not to be a part of that, because the other side of that, if you're not feeling fortunate, you're feeling pretty distressed about it right now because everything's coming apart. Like all the wheels are coming off and you can't Mm -hmm. tell what's happening. And, and, um, you know, we've done this before people it's some, uh, some book I read talked about the fourth turning and it's a 400 year cycle of some kind. So there's studies out there. There's awareness about these things that go all the way back to ancient and they're, you know, more modern awareness of it too. And they all seem to agree that this is, this is cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. The oceans rise, the oceans fall. It's like okay, that happens, Indeed. right? Yeah. It's it's just part of uh, like a like breath. You inhale, you exhale. It just takes a lot longer when you're talking about you know mountains and oceans. Just different timelines. Different timelines. But here we are, and um, you know, climbing up again. And I, I'm encouraged by that too. I'd like I better be on the upswing, even though the downswing involves things like the fall of Rome, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's a cataclysmic mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. But what you learn from that helps to inform you on the upside, hopefully. And if the kids are paying attention, you know, they'll, they'll take a look back. We've, we've sort of in the United States, anyway, our public education is disconnected from history. We don't do a real great job of instilling a, a continuum of how things look, you know? No, and, neither do we here in Canada, very similar. And, and that's, that's a shame to me because there's so much richness, as you know, from ancient history. Oh my God. And, and we could really be digging into that. Um, Who's that cat that does the, uh, this, this, not Socrates, the Stoic stuff, Ryan Holiday. Um, the, there's sure. so many things about Stoicism that have come back to inform us here. Mm. I read Epictetus you know, years ago, and I thought it was pretty cool. And it's sort of like a life lesson. It's here's how you can do your life so that it really works. And you can experience things fully without being harmed. And Anyway, um, I love the resurgence of interest in ancient stuff. Yeah. And 
maybe we'll learn something from that. You know, we've we've pretty much driven everything else out. So <laughs> I say so. I mean, it's my it's my intention with with my project, Ancient Mysteries on Earth, is honestly like literally the catchphrase or like the mission statement is integrating the wisdom of, uh, from the past into the yeah. present, right? And right. I and I really think that thankfully with the internet and you know where this new generation is is literally brought in with the internet in full existence um they're able to access a lot more information outside of the school system and 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 they do and they do it from a young age and for better or for worse of course it's the internet so you're getting everything but you know i i I know that all the kids that can kind of smell a little bit of the bs when they're in school which I know they're they're awake. These are these are conscious kids, so they're they're gonna they can smell it. Yep. They can smell when there's there's not the whole story being told here. Yep. And so they'll go online and and they'll they'll find there's so many other researchers that you can access easily all over the web. And just I mean, just YouTube rabbit holes alone. And I, I hope to be a part of that as well and educating people on all the incredible wisdom from the past because it absolutely does it, affect your your present because it's, it's understanding that we've gone through cycles like what we're going through right now is very reassuring because we're still here and we've gone through them supposedly many 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 times so we're still around we figured so we, you know we're very very uh, robust and good at you know survival and we're uh i i honestly feel pretty hopeful for the future because we are on the upswing and as, and as much as everything feels and looks around us currently, like it's, it's crumbling. I'm like, well, that's, that's, it's, that's called metamorphosis. You know, the, yeah. you know, the, what you, what was before has to com- basically completely die and decay for the new life to be born out of it. So that is classic transformation and we're, and we're going through it. Thank God we need to, it's not sustainable going the way we used to go. So I'm actually pretty, uh, pretty happy. And the new generation seems, I think, actually well-equipped on a consciousness level uh, to, to handle everything. We just got to do our best to set up the best you know, case scenario for them to, to thrive, right? I like that. And I like that you brought consciousness into this because there are so many different, I hate to use the word levels, but obviously consciousness expresses itself in so many different ways. It's like learning to play an instrument. You first play the simple stuff and you play a little more complicated stuff. And eventually you get to a place where you can tackle the, you know, the hard stuff. And you don't sit down and tackle the hard stuff right away because you're not ready for it. Same with consciousness. You've got to grow through it, right? It's got to, mm. there's a certain amount of effort you have to put in in order to get there. Yeah. Um, I'm particularly sensitive right at the, at the moment anyway to the progression of transgender consciousness mm. and watching how that's all shifted because it wasn't that long ago where you couldn't even come out in public as a gay person. Mm-hmm. Uh, like 60 years ago, it was rough oh, yeah. for people, you know, to be that way. Um, there's a great movie with Cole Porter, I think, uh, about Cole Porter that discusses his difficulties at, at being gay and having to be married and peer this certain way and whatever, but everybody knew anyhow. And it's like, mm. come on, what's wrong with this? I mean, you spend so all your crazy. life just sort of managing your own self instead of being able to express who you are. But that's all changing so rapidly now. I know. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when we finally passed stuff like, you know, gay marriage yep. is now okay. Right? And we had to do that through the government. Hello, government. Why were you standing in the way of two people that love each other? Well, that's the, another question that's at least so much bigger conversation. Right? Oh, sure. But, the, you know, the consciousness of government has changed. The consciousness of church has changed. Now, Very some true. churches allow 
gay people to be married and some have gay ministers now that we didn't have before. And it's like this consciousness is shifting. And I don't know mm. if there's a defined boundary, but the gender thing gives us a way of looking at that. And uh, people who are on the forefront of that leading the conversation, trans allies, for example, are just, the work they have to do is amazing. And it's all about love. Mm. And what do we hear from the rest of the world? Like all there is is love, right? So mm -hmm. it's been, it's getting to this place where we're seeing objectively right in our face that love works. Yeah. And watching that whole process happen. So, um, you know, hooray that we're getting through all these things. I mean, who knows what the issues will be 50 or 100 years from now that consciousness is dealing with. Because if, if this is as low as it's gotten, right? And we're doing, we're not doing that bad, right? I, I, if 2012 honestly, was the bottom, it's looking like... That's what I mean, right? I look at it, I'm like, guy, I mean, like, yes, I, you know, things are a bit of a mess, but at the same time, could be a lot worse, too. Oh, yeah. Right? And I'd say we've done... Uh, we also got to give ourselves more credit. Think it, most of the things that have gone on really happened from a very extremely small selective group of people making decisions. Most of us, certainly I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is in the category of the rest of the world. Yeah, all of us are the rest all of the world. Us, the rest of the planet. And I would say to give ourselves a little bit of credit, we're doing all right. You yeah, know? we are. And we're really improving and we're on the upswing. And, you know, not to, I feel like some people, and especially in, I would say, you know, the generation's maybe from like 50 and onwards or 60 and onwards where I've, especially the more people that are more conscious in those generations, I find I've had conversations where they're like apologizing on behalf of their generation to me. Like, I'm so sorry, Chris, we left you such a mess and, and this and that. And I'm like, don't, well, it's not your fault. Yeah, <laughs> You're acting as if you had any real say in the matter. But isn't it, I mean, it's humorous in a way that you get to a place in your life where you realize how badly your generation screwed it up. <laughs> you know, the greatest generation yeah. is also the generation that, you know, had to fight those wars. There were mm. some crap going on in World War One and Two, you know? Oh, God. Still yeah, today. Absolutely. Like, well, why are we thinking that way, people? Because, you know, we know it works. In any case, so I get it. I, I, I mean, I understand. And there are times where, you know, as an American, I feel like I need to apologize to foreigners. <laughs> I, okay, I have to give this side tangent. So to give an example of what I've experienced, what Bill was just saying there, when I was 18, I did a Euro trip, and I remember I was in this hostel in Austria once where uh, the whole room of us, we were sitting around having a drinking game, and we were all introducing ourselves one by one. Oh, I'm Chris from Canada, and uh, hey, you know, I'm Sarah from Denmark or whatever, and it goes around, and there's this guy, I forget his name, like Sean or something. He's like, hey, I'm Sean, I'm, uh, and he pauses, he's like, I'm American, but please don't hate me because I, and then he goes into this whole pre- <laughs> <laughs> this whole free ramble about I don't agree with our politics and 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 I think you guys are really great and I'm like dying laughing right like, I, you sound awesome man no worries like no <laughs> I had a landlord who was Chinese uh, a couple of years ago and first generation so he was like his parents immigrated with him but he was the one that took the initiative you know he's in the sciences and stuff like that but I always felt so bad because of all the crazy that was going on between America and China still is, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, as people like to say, you know, it's not, it's not Americans, you know, that are responsible. It's not Chinese that are responsible for this. It's, yeah. you know, you just sort of are following the leader on this by default. Mm -hmm. And, um, but that's a consciousness thing too, right? We've become aware of the separation between 
the government, yeah, you know, and the people. And exactly. the people are pretty dang cool. They're you know? awesome. When you get right down to it, what an amazing world we live in. Oh, I, I, when I was in, I was in Shanghai and had the people who were just like unbelievably kind, friendly. I mean, I just had such a beautiful experience with the people there and every, everywhere I've been on the, in the planet, especially places that get a really bad rep in the news or the media or the, again, from the art governments and, and yeah. whatnot, we're, they're deemed third world places, things like that. I mean, I've just had the best experiences. People inherently are, are loving are kind people don't want to fight people don't on again for the most part we, we're really peaceful beings actually i think we're just we're just ramped up and like pitted against each other and you know made to want to fight each other and manipulated to, to fight each other but in deep down none of us want to yeah it's not, <laughs> it's not that's not what we nature. do you know yeah. that what is the christmas thing that happened where the um it was in World War One. I, I they were yes. all in the trenches and they had that Christmas soccer game or whatever. And yep. you know, when the generals all found out about it, they went nuts. But <laughs> yeah, we're basically just people, right? Of course. I, although there are some exceptions. I've got to make an exception to Absolutely. that because um I learned yesterday yesterday, I guess, that Bishop Desmond Tutu had passed away. Archbishop mm -hmm. Desmond Tutu had passed away. And um first of all, what an amazing gift to be given leadership and to do that leadership the way that he did like the dalai lama there's a great book they wrote together i think it's called happy but um i read about it by reading the dalai lama's sort of tribute to him mm. and it was all about joy and um having been there whether chosen or not but being the guy who catalyzed that for people was just you know what an amazing thing yeah we're talking about a level of consciousness that's completely different from somebody who sits in the White House, you know, or wherever the leader, the power seems to be, right? Mm -hmm. Completely different kind of leadership. And um, thank heaven we can see that now, you know, so clearly. But, I mean, everybody knows Elon Musk is crazy, but he's also brilliant, right? Yep. And so you forgive him because he's brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever Archbishop Tutu had to go through with that whole apartheid thing, I mean, he and Mandela lived that stuff. Yeah. Whatever he had to go through and still be joyous, right? Yeah, amazing. choose joy, right? Right. And then there's the Dalai Lama who got booted out of his own country and all of that and still laughs and, and leads people. I mean, he's, he's accepting the burdens. Whatever the burden is, you know, do it with a, with a new kind of consciousness and everything's cool. Yep. Right? Literally. It's, it's, it's okay as long as you can play music, right? <laughs> like Honestly. that. It's okay yep. as long as we can laugh. It's okay as long as, you know, we... And I know veterans who do this, go beat the hell out of each other, MMA, and then they sit down for a rap session and everything is cool, right? Whatever your thing is. Whatever your thing is. Whatever it, whatever it raises consciousness, man, do that. Absolutely. That's really what it's all about at the end of the day. And, you know, kind of bring it back full circle to this, this, this idea of being around peers or finding new ways to connect with people. Yeah. It, you know, it really doesn't have to just be music. If I know that's what we always continue to go back on because that's what's our thing, obviously. But for those listening, you know, I think it's just so beneficial to explore your passions. You know, I have a good friend who has really, really almost, I guess, rediscovered his passion for woodworking and just, just that physical, you know, working with that, that, that element of wood and, and having to design things uh, conceptually and then and then practically bring it into the third dimension through carving and cutting and 
sanding and all these amazing things. And he's found it to be his absolute go-to therapy uh, when he's, he doesn't work in, in that. He's a salesman at a solar company and loves working in alternative energy. But so it's like to discover, uh, and it's an art form, right? So I would consider yeah. his, his choice of woodworking to be dabbling in the arts in the way that just feels really good for him. And that's what I really mean to people. Like when you're, when you're with your peers, it's like, well, imagine doing that with a bunch of other people and you can all talk about the different tools you're using and all oh, you can nerd, you can just nerd out on all that stuff. And, and I know I love doing that with music and with film and, and things like that. I, I know everyone listening has something that they just love to get geeky about, love to get nerdy about, or very passionate about, and very likely aren't pursuing that as their main thing, which is totally fine. But to put some more time and energy into those 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 passions, whatever they are, uh, and then and then on top of that, to do that with others in that field, that same field, from recent experience, pretty amazing. And I and I truly yeah. forgot how important that is. Oh, it's got to be like fuel. It know? is lifeblood. I Absolutely. hope that there's, um, I hope that there's, con there continues to be interest in that kind of thing out there because we seem to be so driven by competition anymore. And you know, I'm not talking about chess masters here. So if you're a grandmaster chess player, there's an element of competition that's really good. You know, if anything, the sports, whatever, mm -hmm. that's part of it. And um, I get that. But the kind of thing where you're always trying to put people down who aren't better than you is not living your passion. No, just as a thumbnail. And, and you'll never find yourself in a jam like Chris was over Christmas if you're there to show off or, you know, be your best or whatever else. The, you have no idea if that's been your thing. You have no idea what it feels like to be around a truly supportive group of people who want to see you at your best and encourage yeah. you in that way. Yeah, That's a completely different thing than, you know, trying to run faster than the next guy or, you know, tripping them. It's it it's such a good point, Bill. It, they leave the ego at the door. It's got nothing to do with that. And and when you're among peers, it's it's to support each other. It's to it's to celebrate everyone's victories. You know, the better these people play, that's great. It's gonna enhance your abilities too, just by being around them. And instead of getting jealous, and I and I remember uh, even myself when I was younger at some jams. I was so much more concerned about how awesome I was going to sound. And, and, and I was overthinking like what kind of awesome riffs I could do just to impress whoever was in the room. Right. And I, I totally thought that way at a point in my life. And, you know, while I still had fun in those jams, I was never able to fully connect and make the deep, meaningful connections I'm making now because uh, my ego is in the way, honestly. And now that I'm just there to enjoy people's company and, and to be honest, musically speaking helps so much more because when you can dial back your ego, you create much better pocket, uh, sonic environment for all the other musicians to play in yeah. versus you just being like me, 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 yeah. and then no one has room to do their thing. And you've, you've kind of, it's not musically satisfying anymore anyway. So as a side tangent. <laughs> no, it's right. It's exactly in the pocket. You know, right? And I think, um, from my experience, not psychedelics, but stuff like cannabis. I know many musicians who have a couple of hits before they play. Oh yeah, I think that's part of it. It's loosening up and and letting go of some of that ego. And that's a great practice because then you show up and you're more with the group instead of in your own stuff. And that's a good thing. But with practice, I think you can achieve that. Oh, without sure. having to. Um, Smoke, weed have it, just smoke it away, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Doing whatever it is that takes care of that. Um, 
but I recognize the need for that because yeah, you want to be open to creativity and being, having a tool to get you there, having a tool to check your ego, having a tool to open up to inspiration, uh, to welcome connection with other people. Uh, that's, those are essential tools, whatever they are kind of really doesn't matter. Do that because, yeah. you know, we need you guys to end this all together. Yeah. Got yeah. Everyone plan, everyone can contribute something. So usually a little extra, a little bit of cannabis helps uh, get the analytical mind out of the way and allows you just to be and enjoy. And you will always play better when you don't think. <laughs> yes. Always. No yeah. thinking allowed. <laughs> no thinking allowed. Yeah. Turn off your brain. Turn off the brain. Get it out of here. <laughs> That's a great discipline, turning off the brain. And, and, and it's, it's something that takes time because it, I've been working on that for many years and I've used, you know, cannabis for myself usually as the thing to help me before the gig, unless I'm singing, in which case I will definitely not because the, it, it's just harder to sing when you've been smoking. I find the, oh the yeah, vocal cords, you're it's not helpful. Up. Yeah, yeah. So then I'll, I'll just, whatever, I'll just, you know, be, be sober and, and drop into it anyway. But but I do find now I really don't need, like I'll, I'll do it for fun more than anything, but I don't need it anymore. Like you said, you, you can absolutely get to a place where at this, at this Christmas party, I, I drove there, so I didn't have anything to drink because I just didn't want to have to deal with that yeah. uh, driving home. It was also a snowstorm in Vancouver, which never happens. It's very temperate here. Everyone, it, it's so funny. I'm not from Vancouver. So for me, it's so normal to have a snowstorm. I've driven in many of them. But uh, everyone that lives here freaks out when there's yep. snow. It's so funny. Yep. But anyway, so I wasn't drinking and I was still able to drop in no problem. Uh, I didn't have, I didn't, I wasn't, I was completely sober and I was high as hell off the music. Like <laughs> I felt baked out of my mind. <laughs> we should do a, a show on that because, you know, I've been saying for a long time that making music or being in music is the equivalent of being high. Oh yeah. And sure. right. Yeah. But that's so foreign to so many people. And the fact that you can get to that place without using a schedule one substance is really important right now as we shift in consciousness and move in this new direction, like being having a way to get there. And uh, okay, it, this is not to say there's anything wrong with you if you are doing psychedelics on purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, the intention is everything like we've talked about. Yeah. So do that, but know that it isn't forever because there's this other place that you can train yourself to go that is remarkable, especially when you're there with somebody else mm -hmm. or the group of other people, right? Mm -hmm. who are doing the same thing as you. It's, it's, it's better than getting high on music. It's incredible. It, it really is. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something I'd love to talk about in a future episode because I have so much to say on it. Honestly, yeah. it's, it's my favorite drug. <laughs> it's music, yeah. I would say, of all of them. And and I, I can do things now that, and I, I'll, I'll share this when the next time we talk about it, but I can just do things now that are, I'm dropping into that high within seconds now. Like I can, if yeah. I want to, I can quote unquote, take a quick hit <laughs> of my of music in the way in, in ways now that I, I, I can throw at my left brain completely, drop in, and kind of like come out of it in whatever time it's been and then just be like, wow, okay. Yep. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> stoned. <laughs> it's the best way to play. It's great. And you know, I've had the experience listening too. we got to do an episode on this mm -hmm. because it's, it's so powerful. It is so incredibly powerful. Um, I, I don't want to say more than because I haven't had that experience to be able to say that, but maybe you can say it. So we'll, we'll talk about that because if you have a way of getting to that consciousness, like a reliable way, mm -hmm. 
And you can just whip that thing out and engage anytime you need to be in that place. I mean, to me, that's that's the juice. Oh, yeah. Right. If we could teach that to half a dozen people a day, you know, before long, things would be shifting. Oh, yeah. 100%. And that's the invitation, right? We've, we've bottomed out 2012, and now we're on the upswing. So let's get some effective tools into the room. and uh, you know, Let's start leveling up. <laughs> yeah, level up, right? You can't do it with a, you know, a, a wooden club. You're going to have to get some armor and a better weapon. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 100%. But uh, that's, what, that's the whole point of this video game slash life that we live. So uh, Yeah, it's just all a simulation, up. right? It's a simulation. It's just a big simulation. Okay, we're getting really weird now. Yeah, I yes, know. I mean, people, this is, where it's, this is where it is. People are thinking about it or saying these things, not just 100%. me and Chris. So. Thank you for listening in on our conversation and for taking time to show your appreciation with a like, share, or subscribe. Discussions of music, healing, and consciousness is a practice of spontaneity, and we welcome your comments, ideas, and questions. There are ways to connect with us in the show notes, so let us hear from you. Until next time, this is Bill Protzman along with Chris Noble wishing you great musical health. Samara Huchaya. Thank you.